Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Monday, December 12th, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Oh, hope everyone had a really good weekend. Did you all have a good weekend? Was it fun? Are you everyone doing their Christmas shopping? I think we're, what are we now, 13 days away? Oh my goodness, we're 13 days away from Christmas. So I'll be here before you know it. Less than a fortnight now, as the British would say. Um, a lot happened this weekend. I mean, there's been so much that's going on. We had two, three, two, two more Twitter dumps, right? Because we had the first one on Friday, the Twitter dump regarding Donald Trump's suspension. Um, and then we had another one yesterday, another one today. So we're getting all these Twitter dumps. And um, all this information coming out about Donald Trump being um, kicked off of Twitter and the process, the thought process, put quotes around the word thought, the, th the process that went into removing him from Twitter. And so it's been Barry Weiss and Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi who have gone through uh, and this, uh, went through all this information, all these emails, all these documents, all the behind-the-scenes chatter, all the inter-office emails and memos that were being sent back and forth, which went which went into the um, the not only suspension of Donald Trump but the kicking of Donald Trump off Twitter permanently, the permanent suspension, the deletion of Donald Trump's account. Of course, before Elon Musk recently reinstated it. And what we're seeing basically is more of the same, which is a, a, a mindset of the people at Twitter, a mindset of the people at Twitter, a, a political ideology they had, which was basically left-wing ideology. They're all Democrats. And just as I've talked about in the past on this show, with journalists who can't seem to put that aside and do their job. Journalists of the past were all political. They all were into politics. That's part of what gets people into something like journalism, right? Especially news journalism, to talk about the news, is basically that they're political. You have your, you, you're passionate about politics. So all great journalists of the past, whether it was, we, we've talked about um, Walter Cronkite, right? And, and journalists that have come before him, and just your average garden variety journalists who wrote for the Times or the, or the Washington Post or any of those outlets, they all had political beliefs, and many of them very strong political beliefs. But when you read their articles, when you read their coverage of stories, you could not tell if they voted for a Democrat or Republican. In other words, going back in time, you couldn't tell whether they voted for Richard Nixon, or if they if they were supporter of LBJ, right? Or if they voted for Kennedy or Nixon. You didn't know. You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. Did they vote for Jimmy Carter or did they vote for Ronald Reagan? You wouldn't know because they simply did their job. They reported the news. They reported the news and they did their job. They were journalists. If there was something to investigate, they did an in-depth investigation, and it didn't matter what this. Uh, what it doesn't matter if that investigation was going to lead to a Democrat looking bad or a Republican looking bad. That didn't matter. 
It was the journalism that mattered. It was the passion to find the facts. It was a passion to find the facts, evidence, and then write a story. I just spoke about that in my review of She Said about the Harvey Weinstein story. There was real investigation. You go and you find people. You find people who claim Weinstein did this to them. You find them. You, you interview them. You get the facts. You, put, you pile those facts on top of each other. And then you come out with a hypothesis, you come out with a conclusion, and when there's enough evidence, you go and write the story. That kind of journalism is gone. It's very hit and miss now. You'll get it every once in a while. And when it comes to taking down a big wig like Harvey Weinstein, I know Harvey Weinstein was supposedly an extreme leftist or whatever, and the Times is very left, but when it came down, when it came to taking a big shot, multi-million dollar TV uh, film producer down, film mogul down, then they did their job. You see, then they did their job. But if that were Joe Biden, would they have done their job? If that were, uh, if that were AOC, would they have done their job? If that was one of their favorites in the Democratic Party, would they have done their job today? Now, if it was Elon Musk, of course, they'd go after it, right? We see it now. We see it now with this piling on against Elon Musk, simply because they don't like what he's doing. They don't like what he's doing. They don't like he's making Twitter a free and open exchange of ideas and opinions, whether you like those opinions or not. They simply don't like that, simply because their side has benefited from the censorship. It's obvious, folks. Their side, the left, the Democrats, have benefited from the censorship. If it was Trump that was benefiting from the censorship, they'd be all over it. You would hear this 24-7, 365. On CNN, on MSNBC, on Don Lemon in the morning, on, on, on Morning Joe, Rachel Maddow might even show up more than one day a week. But no, it's not. It benefited their side, you see. But real journalists wouldn't care about that. Real journalists would see this story and go, wow, look at this collusion between so-and-so and so-and-so. Look at these free speech violations, these possible First Amendment violations. Let's investigate this. Let's take these files, these Twitter files that are being dumped every other day now. We've had, I believe, five. And there are going to be more coming up. Let's take all this information, like Barry Weiss and Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi are doing, and let's go through it. You would see reporters at the Times and the Washington Post saying, let's go. We're not going to take what we see on Twitter. OK, we want to go in there. And I'm sure Elon Musk would let them. If reporters in the Times and the Post wanted to go through this stuff to possibly write a story about it, he would be more than happy to let them have access to it. But they don't even see it. They don't even want to. You see, they don't want to. It's like, what is that? The monkey thing? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. They don't want to, tell, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to even consider it. Because they are biased. There's no real journalism. And this really pisses off. And I'll get into the Fauci thing. You know, Elon Musk said Fauci. Elon Musk said what I've been saying about Fauci for almost 300 shows now for the past 15 months. No one gives a shit when Mike Acciopoli says it. But Elon Musk says it. And they all fucking go crazy to the left. Right? Because he simply said my pronouns are what, Fauci prosecute, prosecute Fauci. And that combination of prosecuting Fauci and the pronoun thing that he, he made fun of pronouns and Fauci at the same time, the left went totally, they, they went like ape shit. Oh, my God. It went crazy with Musk derangement syndrome. They went nuts over the top. We'll talk about that in a second. But Glenn Greenwald, one of the few journalists, I mentioned him a lot on this show because he's like one about two or three remaining journalists, maybe five, who people who do real journalism. I mean, actual, real journalism. No matter what happens, you see, 
no matter what happens, no matter who it is, it could be Biden, it could be Trump, it could be Bolsonaro, it could be the other guy who ran against him. What's his name? Twinkles, Twitter, what's his name? The guy, uh, Zula, Zulu, Zula, whatever his name is. There. It could be anybody, is my point. It could be Zuzu. I, think of, I always think of Zuzu's pedals with that guy from It's a Wonderful Life. But whoever it may be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the person. It doesn't matter political ideology. It doesn't matter if Gwen Greenwald likes them or voted for them or voted against them. If there's a story there, he's a journalist, and his job, what gets him off, if you will, is not letting someone off the hook that he likes or taking down someone he hates. It's finding the story and finding the evidence and writing about it and doing investigative journalism and exposing something. That's what he does. That's real journalism. That is real journalism. And so Glenn Greenwald has seen all of this stuff going on with Twitter, and he's taking, as a real journalist, he's taking it all in. He's reading it like all of us. He probably has more insider, you know, information than we do, but he's taking it all in. And I guess 90% of what we're seeing, he's seeing as well. And he wrote this today. I've never seen Glenn Greenwald. This, yeah. Okay. This, this mad. This mad. The same worthless media liberal. Oh, this is okay. The Atlantic wrote yesterday. Elon, the Atlantic has been one of the worst during COVID. They were like like some of the worst fear mongering morons ever. Elon Musk has maintained that he's a political centrist, but his tweets, actions, and associations say otherwise. So Glenn Greenwald responded saying the same worthless media liberals who never break stories, who never do any reporting, who just sit around mimicking each other every day speaking only to and for one another in servitude to Democrats, all write the same articles because they're all hive-minded, empty-herd animals. Every one of these outlets, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, Huffington Post, Vice, Vox, CNN, Daily Beast, NBC, The Times, Tech Reporters, Brooklyn-based liberal digital outlets write the same shit, never see him curse, every day with the same trite ideas, no dissent, just worthless, platitudinous, liberal shit. They're always on the exact same side of every controversy. They all launder the same lies. All their sources are all the same. They call the FBI and CIA and Adam Schiff and liberal tech execs and all write whatever they're told to write, knowing any dissent destroys their careers. And I would add to that, destroys their narrative that they like. They like the narrative. As Glenn Greenwald has written in the past, like I just said, the reason why they don't want to talk about all this stuff is because it's, it, 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 it helped their side. It helped their side. And of course, they've been in on this. They've been, they're in on it, so they're exposing themselves, right? They're exposing themselves if they do any real journalism with this. Karthik, I'll get you in one second. And anyone else who wants to call in, everything's open. The phone lines are open. You can call in if you want and talk about this or anything else that you might want to take note from, talk about that happened over the weekend. And there's a lot. And there's a lot. So, in a, in a bit, we're going to go through that. But also, Elon Musk said over the weekend that he, that Fauci basically should be pro- now. My guess is by Elon Musk tweeting that his pronouns are "prosecute Fauci," that he has seen, and I'm sure he has, all the future dumps that are coming in the next days and weeks, which have to do with the COVID cover-up. And I'm sure he's seeing a lot of stuff Fauci has done to put the arm on Twitter, just like the DNC did, just like the FBI did, the collusion with Fauci to silence doctors like Marty McCary and Jay Bhattacharya, so on and so forth. 
and I'm sure Elon Musk has seen the evidence of this that we will all soon see, which probably got him to write that. So it'll be really interesting to see exactly. Once again, just like with Hunter Biden's story, just like with Donald Trump being knocked off, we know all this happened. We know there was collusion. We know it. And now we're just seeing evidence of it and how deep it goes. And we know there was collusion with COVID. We know. We know Fauci wrote emails saying, this guy is parodying me. Take this account down. This account is ta- is, is anti-vax, is anti-shit vaccine. Take it down. He, we know this happened. And now Elon Musk, I'm sure, is seeing evidence of it. And so he tweets, my pronouns are, which is hilarious. I love a guy like that who knows how to dig it into the left. Or dig it into the woke. Really dig it into the woke. Elon Musk isn't really anti-left. He's anti-woke. And unfortunately, the wokeness is owned by the left. So it makes it seem like he's anti-left, but he's just anti-woke. So he needles the woke by saying his pronouns are prosecute and Fauci, and they go insane, insane. Oh, my God, they're writing. He's going to cause Fauci to be killed. Someone's going to go kill Fauci now. This is hate speech. This is a new thing. Well, not new, but this is what the left does, right? The left's new modus operandi, M.O., is simply whenever someone says something they disagree with, to label it as dangerous hate speech. That's what they do. Anything you say is dangerous hate speech. So the opinion of of Fauci being prosecuted, which I have said a million times, I've said worse. I've said I want to hear those, I want to hear the jail cells clinging in front of his fucking face. I've said things like this, right? This is hate speech. This is going to cause people to go kill him. Meanwhile, all that hate speech around Roe v. Wade and how awful those justices are and those piggish men, male justices, and that awful female justice, oh, Comey Barrett, who's a traitor to female, a traitor to her sex, traitor to her gender, and people marching in front of these, these justices' how homes, making them leave the homes, and that guy that traveled across country from California to kill Kavanaugh, that wasn't hate speech. We actually saw people protesting in front of their homes, making them leave their homes. We saw a guy travel 2,500 miles, admittedly, sitting in front of the guy's house, luckily he wasn't there, saying he was there to kill him. But that wasn't hate speech, you see, because it was on their side. So when it's on their side, it's not hate speech. But when you simply say an opinion, an opinion, Elon Musk, like I have done for the last year plus, give an opinion that he thinks Fauci committed crimes and he should be prosecuted prosecuted that's democracy democracy that's hate speech that's inciting violence like i said that's the new game of the left you say something they disagree with and they label it as dangerous hate speech to try to shut you up that's what these fascists do that is fascism that is true fascism. Shut up the other side because you don't disagree with them. Make the other side look like terrorists because you simply don't ag- agree with their strong opinions. Hell, prosecute Fauci isn't even a strong opinion. Believe me, there are people I know who want a lot worse for the man, as I do. But obviously, it's because Elon Musk saw evidence, evidence that we will all see that the left fake news journalism because they don't do real journalism it is fake news as donald trump said remember i didn't agree with trump when he said that now i think it's a a million times worse than that it's fake news because they don't do their jobs like i said it's the enemy of the people maybe but it's enemy of good journalism it's the enemy of good journalism 
It's fake news because they don't do their jobs. They're not real journalists. They're political activists. And that's what we're seeing. More political activism by omission. Simply by pretending that the story doesn't exist. Karthik, you're on and let's be heard. What's going on? What's up, Mike? I've been trying to call in the last week, but you've gotten so popular, man. You have two, three people. Oh, yeah, real popular. I'm so popular that I say... You've gotten so huge. How many times have I said Fauci should be prosecuted? No one cares, but Elon Musk says it, and the left goes absolutely... Well, you know, there's there's, there's lots of people that want Fauci gone. You know, it's hard to... Yeah, but I guess, you know, because their favorite new enemy said it, they go insane, right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm no supporter of Elon Musk. I, I really just view him as another billionaire. He has lots of ties to the uh, military-industrial complex. You know, he's, he's been a war profiteer for over a decade now, so I don't think he's going to bring free speech anytime soon. You know, like maybe like temporarily he might, but um, but like I, I, I know he's losing uh, 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 advertisers like Apple, and I wouldn't be surprised if like more people drop out. And oh, but that means he's doing uh, a good job. DOJ yeah. has opened up investigations. Yeah, but that means he's Karthik. That means SpaceX he's doing good, and Tesla. When, wait, Karthik, when Tim Cook drops out, that's a good thing. That means Elon Musk is doing a good thing, not a bad. Oh thing. yeah, I, I know, but I'm saying Twitter as a public corporation will not like that, and and they need to, you know, on on their uh, uh, earnings calls, show to investors that they're maximizing profits. So I wouldn't. Uh, I think it's you know nice that. He's um uh uh releasing Twitter files or whatever. Uh, I'm not on Twitter, so I'm not following everything you know as close as you are. Obviously, you should join. Um, it's becoming more fun. I mean, people. Uh, I'm seeing I'm seeing yeah. actually a lot more comments by both the left and the right now in my feed. I'm seeing well, comments yeah, yeah. that think Elon Musk is Jesus and comments that think he's Satan. So he's allowing everything. You see, that's the way it should well, be. Well, I don't think he's Jesus or Satan. I just see him as another part of the machine. The machine. The machine. The machine. <laughs> They're good parts. You know, every machine has good parts. Yeah, the parts. military industrial complex. But yeah, what were you saying? No, I was saying every machine has good parts. Machines work because they usually have good parts that work in sync. It's not just a bad thing. You know, I, I, I don't like this idea, Karthik, that people think every guy, every person, man or female, with money is an evil person. And it well, goes I'm against talking specifically about his ties to the military industrial complex. I don't complex. know. Not his I, money. I, I, I've never nowhere. seen ever. Uh, let's put it this way. I've seen a, a lot less evidence of that than I have of this collusion between the Democrats the Biden campaign, the Biden administration, and the former people who worked at Twitter, who seem to really oh, have... Yeah, man. I'm sure there's certainly exclusion. You, 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 you know me, I don't like uh, either parties. They're both scum. So I, I'm not the type of lefty that's going to defend Joe Biden any day. You won't hear that from me. I know, I know. Is there anything I try to stay as consistent as uh, possible. But um, So I have a question for you. So it's not related to what you're saying today, unfortunately. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, I just want to say something about Fauci. I, I, I know we've talked about him a lot, but my favorite Fauci moment is when he said, I'm science. He said something like, oh, when people criticize me, they're criticizing science because I represent science in the U.S. or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, well. The, that, that was pretty funny. The fact of the matter is, is that that really shows what an egotistical prick the guy is. I mean, I, I am science. It's yeah, I, I call him Tony Science since then. Yeah. It's basically like a leader of a country saying, I am king, my word goes. You know, of course, no one would stand for that kind of thing in a democracy. But here, you have a guy that says, I am science, and the left sucks up to him like he's the best thing ever. It's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really untu- it's, it's amazing to me. What, what the, I'll let you get to what you're saying. But the Musk thing, when Musk came out and said, prosecute Fauci, blah, 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 and the left went insane, I, you really, I really began to see what he did was another service, Musk, because all of these 
Fauci lovers came out of the woodwork. It's amazing how they flooded Twitter. All these Fauci apologists who truly believe the man should be put like on, on a cross or something. Like he's he's a deity. Yeah, there's it's, it's, it's there, sick. There, it's there's sick. too much uh, uh, worship of the powerful going on. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's all, just... all over the place. It's sad. Totally. So you said you wanted to talk about something different? Oh, yeah, it was not something you said last week. So I wanted to talk, but obviously, you know, I couldn't get in the line. But so you said something. Uh, so what was the new crazy thing that uh, uh, Joy Reid said you were talking about last week? Do you remember? Oh, God, I can't keep track of Joy Racist. Every show is 60 minutes of racism. 60 minutes racism. Well, I don't watch but, TV news. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, oh, she was saying something. Oh, Herschel Walker. She said that Herschel Walker, that the people. Herschel, all these white guys that like Herschel Walker are basically telling him what to do. He's like the slave. He's like their slave. He's just listening to white men. Basically, that's what she said. That's basically what she said. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I, I have no love for Joy Reid, but um, yeah, she's she's absolutely horrible. Um, but oh, I I'm here to declare myself the new Nate Silver because I actually predicted here on Colin on a friend show that Herschel Walker would lose by two point eight or two point seven points, and he lost by two point eight. So I'm officially the new Nate Silver. I'll be making predictions nonstop from now on. And, Did you uh, make that prediction by like off the top of your head, or was it any real science? Um, it was a few guess. It was mainly guesses because I remembered, um, like in the in the primary, he lost by one point, and then I saw how the Libertarians had two points, and, and then also in the governor's race, I saw that Stacey Abrams lost by ten, but obviously it was much closer in the Senate between Warnock and um, uh, her Walker. So right. it was more of an educated, couple of educated guesses. And um, I've been to Georgia a few times. Um, and it was really, but I was almost exactly, I, I was only off by uh, 0.1%. So that's why I'm declaring myself the new Nate Silver. Um, oh. Except I have hair still. He doesn't. What are you making fun of Nate Silver for? Where did this come from? Holy shit. Let me tell you something. Nate Silver... Look, Nate Silver's only as good as the polls. The polls lately have been absolute garbage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the polls are horrible. Like I, 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 I'd say in 2016 they were decent. Like the state polls were horrible in 16, but at least the national polls were pretty accurate. Like since 2020, though, like all of them have been horrible. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 that's pointless anymore. It really, I, I think right now until there's a real adjustment, it's pointless in looking at polls. And of course, we're we're gonna do it again, right? In a few months, we'll start doing it again. We'll start looking at the polls for the primaries and who the who's the leader in the Democrat, and everyone will take them seriously again. But it, they're not to be taken seriously. I mean, it's just not. It's it, it the the science is lagging now. They they have a problem. Yeah, they have a problem with the electorate because the electorate is very unpredictable now. You don't know what they're gonna do, and it's also very. Yeah, the, the propaganda isn't breaking through as much. No, I don't think. And the electorate is very—it's—it's—it's it's, it's different depending on geography, right? Look at in Florida, Ron DeSantis, the Republicans did ex- better than ever. They've wiped out all Democrats now in Florida. No one would have saw, seen that. Yeah, country. he won by like twenty points. I—I I think if he—he he has a solid chance of um, being president if he wins the primary. Oh, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely, and and I think he has a solid chance of look. I'm seeing a lot of people now. Who were formerly on Trump's side, who no longer are, who 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 don't, you know, they they kind of like him still, but they they want to move on. They want to move. Do on. you think there will be a contested primary on the Republican side? Because like if Trump runs, like he'll pretty on the much Republican scare off. side. Oh, I think ten people will run. No, I I know even though Trump's running, because like because because if Trump runs, then like he so a running. lot of people may be maybe too scared to run. 
No, he is running, but we already see. Oh, you know, I, I know. Sorry, what I'm saying is because he's declared. Doesn't sorry, matter. No, no, no. Let me tell you, a lot of these people scared nah. to announce. No, listen to me. Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, they want to take him down. They want to defeat. I, him. I know. I, I know they want yeah. to, but do you think they'll uh, yes, announce they'll against him? Okay, yes. Run against him? Yes. Yes. Pence will run. Okay. Pompeo will run. DeSantis will run. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are four or five others that I'm not thinking of. Right. Okay. Now. Do you think DeSantis will run? Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it. Okay. My, once well, again, my prediction stays. Okay. My prediction well, stays that Biden and DeSa- Biden and Trump will not be the nominees. Biden and Trump will not be the nominees. Do you think DeSantis will be the nominee? Yes. I think it'll be. Do you have any thoughts on who would be the uh, Democrat nominee? My best guess right now is Newsom. Oh, God. No, no, man. You know me. We both live in California. Newsom's garbage. Yeah, he's garbage in the rest of the country. But Democrats no, no, I just right. think he's too fake, though. I assume he's garbage because he's too fake. Like, he's, like, such, like, a stereotypical, like, like polished but, like, sleazy. Like, but I, Democrats I around this country think he's great. They do. Uh, well, well the, the people that you see on TV aren't – or even social media aren't representative. Like, like how many people in, uh, in America are on Twitter? Like, I would imagine – like no. what less than 75 million Americans are on Twitter. Like, cause I, I feel like people forget this, but social media isn't reality. Social, like, especially on Twitter, like, cause like at least compared to Facebook or Instagram, I feel like the elites, like the ruling class. I know. I know I'm breaking my own rule now, but wait until, wait until the first polls come out. Well, first of all, the, there won't be any, obviously <laughs> there won't be any polling on the democratic side until Biden says he's not running. Cause as long as Biden, says he's running well people think he's gonna run there's no primary but once biden says he's not gonna run in what february march wait i think he's gonna run man i'm, no, I'm you do you think gonna biden's run. gonna run I, I think yeah the, these guys are such narcissists they're such sociopaths they'll do anything to cling I, on yeah, to power there are, there, are, there are powerful people in that party who probably think he can't win again oh yeah i'm sure there's people in the party that don't want him to run but i yeah. think he specifically wants to run oh that's great i i, I tell you i want him to I wanted to. I think that's the Republicans' best uh, chance of winning. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll let Daniel talk. I'm sure he wants to. I, I just wanted to say, like, yeah, I know all... there's been a lot of focus on censorship on the right. Obviously, there are right wingers that have been censored, like uh, Dan Bongino and Alex Jones. But I just wanted to say, there's many left wingers that are being censored as well, like communists, Marxist socialists, like um, uh, commies. Commies go, should be commies. There's no room for commies in this world. Gar- <laughs> Garland Nixon's been censored. He talks like he has a, lot of, a lot of anti-war people are being censored, Joe, Joe, not just, and also people that are like pro-Palestinians. Nobody should been be censored. censored. Nobody yeah, should I, be censored. I know. I, I just wanted to say that there's many lefties that are being censored too. It's just um, yeah. the tension is more right. Good. Anyway, so I'll say, uh, uh, Mike, uh, good talk. Good night. Hope you okay. have uh, hope you have uh, fun on your show today and the rest of the week. See you next Thanks, time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna go to Daniel now, or should I make Daniel wait? No, no, we'll we'll go, we'll go to Daniel now. Hey Daniel, what's up? Oh, make me wait. <laughs> I, I, I there was something else I wanted to say, but I'll let you talk. I think there's something else I wanted to say. Yeah, so I know you want to probably do you want to talk about the Fauci thing? That that is that what you want to talk about? Musk. Uh, I just wanted to bring, bring up what I thought was most shocking in Barry Weiss's um, um, Twitter yeah. files dump today. Yeah, I'm going to get to that stuff in a sec. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So do you want you want me? No, to no. Talk go about ahead. It go ahead. And... You pre- preview it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought the most shocking thing was um, she noted the last two um, tweets that um, Trump made 
that be, before um, he was banned and they were pretty, pretty innocuous and they were really trying their really hardest to uh, read something of it into it, which was of a call to violence nature. Um, and, and you can read the, the two tweets, the two tweets. It's um, obviously no calls to violence. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And, and then they contra- and she contrasts this with the um, tweets that were allowed to stay on Twitter and the and, and the tweeters um, were not banned. And those tweeters included Ayatollah, Iran's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, um, who tweeted that um, our stance against Israel is the same stance. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, my, I got my context, um, got something. My, our uh, stance against Israel is the same stance we have always taken. Israel is a malignant cancer tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and mm-hmm. eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. So they didn't ban Khamenei for that. And, and they, they didn't even take down that tweet. And then um, the Malaysian prime minister, former Malaysian prime minister, says that Muslims have a right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. They didn't take down that tweet. They didn't ban the prime minister. Muhammad uh, Bohuri, the president of Nigeria, incited violence against the pro-Biafra groups. Um, He said, those of us in the fields for 30 months who went through the war, he wrote, will treat them in the language they understand. The treat was deleted in that case, but they didn't ban Buhari. Nope. And then in uh, October 21, uh, the Ethiopian Prime Minister uh, Abiy Ahmed uh, called on citizens to take up arms against the Tigray region. Um, that tweet was um, also allowed to remain up, and they didn't ban him. So there's, there's, she goes on with uh, more uh, examples yeah. of yep, this, yep, yep, where yep. the tweets weren't taken down, and the tweeters were not banned in almost all situations. The tweeters were not banned. Right. Yet, the, the Trump puts up these two innocuous tweets. Totally, yeah. And, yeah. And, let, me, let me, while you're on, the innocuous tweets were, the 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Then he wrote, for those who have asked, I'm not going to the inauguration. Those were the two tweets. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was that was that was, that was, the, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. There, those two egregious tweets. <laughs> yep, that was it. That was all. Yeah. Because they, Daniel, they. As I was going to thank you for bringing up the Barry White stuff. I was going to read that, but you did good. You saved me the time. But they, if you go into the emails that Barry Weiss exposes. These loonies with Trump derangement syndrome. Remember, these were lunatic leftists in San Francisco. Okay with Trump derangement syndrome, they read into those two tweets that I just read that he was inciting violence. Specifically, well, both of them. He's a, this, this is how insane these people are. The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me will have a giant voice long into the future. They won't be disrespected or treated unfairly. They read into that that he was inciting his voters to riot violently and then when he said i'm not going to the inauguration they they read into that as though he was saying i won't be there you can't hurt me you can go there and hurt other people this is how insane this is how insane these people were with trump derangement syndrome they were actually looking at the words and the lettering and the phrasing and they they just had to figure out 
how those two tweets were inciting violence and were strike three for Trump, strike five, whatever the fuck they came up with, and they were going to knock him off Twitter. That's how crazy these people are. Not were, they are. They're still out there. They're still living in this city among you and I, Daniel. They're still out there probably wearing a mask. Yeah, well, it's it's no surprise that they would interpret that as being a call to violence when they think um, uh, not allowing yourself to be compelled to use certain pronouns um, uh, um, is violence. Yeah. And, and as you said, there were tweets from these other leaders who were like, hell Allah, bomb everybody. Oh, they can just take the tweet down, but let the guy keep talking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. It's a totally insane. It, it, so says, this, it says no. It's as though they don't have an understanding that there is a world outside the United States. So they're willing to burn our world down in the United States to make it look like the rest of the world, which you don't want to have happen. <laughs> and, and, and they just disregard what's going on in the rest of the world. It's as though they really have no these 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 babes, as which essentially these these kids that were were the CEOs and these uh, running the safety councils at Twitter. I mean, these are babes in the wood, basically um, kids, kids barely out of college. And um, to, to, to think that they were the ones making these sort of decisions for, for, for world leaders is just it's it's just, you know, it, it, it's 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 one of those things where you just look back and you say, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this is the way our world is operating. And you think, and then you just have this overwhelming sense of disorientation that just has lasted for three years because one after the other, we get these weird disorienting uh, uh, behaviors that spill over from the internet into the real world. And yet yeah, here, here we are with uh, violence, violence being uh, Trump saying, uh, calling his, his supporters American patriots. Yeah. Well, and let's be, I'll, I'll be a little bit fair here. I want to be fair. There were a couple of people, it seems, not many, the, the minority at Twitter in these emails who were like, I don't think we can get, we, I don't think we can squeeze that out of these tweets. So there were a couple of sane voices, right? Yeah, there was a Chinese, a, a yeah. woman of Chinese ancestry that, right. well, she was, I guess, an immigrant, if I remember correctly. And, and I guess it hit home with her because um, them trying to uh, censor speech, um, it, you know, it was something that uh, that was um, a real trigger for her, for, to use that word, trigger, uh, um, that the left likes to use a lot. Um, it was a real trigger moment for her. And, um, yeah, they just disregarded those types of opinions. Yeah, when the left used the word trigger, it's not about like a gun. It's not, uh, not, not the trigger on a gun, right? That's not what they're talking about, the left. They're talking about, yeah. they're talking about yeah. the deep emotional, psychological triggering a word can bring up. Yeah, and by the way, we're going to see how, how much the uh, left is against the death penalty when uh, uh, SBF. Um... <laughs> oh, God. I almost forgot about that guy. I almost forgot about that guy. They finally arrested him in, was he Bermuda, somewhere else? Yeah. Um, uh, how come all these people leave the country? How come all these innocent people leave this country? I don't understand. I don't get it. They always find them somewhere else. How come they don't find them like in Detroit? Anyway, so they found him in Bermuda and they arrested the guy. Finally, uh, we all knew he was a crook. Everyone except uh, Maxine Waters and most Democrats. Maxine Waters thinks Donald Trump is a crook, but not SBF. The same goes with Adam Schiff. You know, he thinks he thinks he thinks, um, you know, uh, this guy is the, 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 it, it's just insane. These people are totally insane. They're totally insane. And, and people need to be reminded this guy. Gave so much money, gave what, $40 million to the Democrats in just this past election cycle? 
He was their second top donor. So you figure without his money, yeah, maybe the Democrats would have won the Senate. I mean, maybe the Republicans would have won the Senate without his money. Certainly, yeah. certainly didn't hurt. Certainly didn't hurt the Democrats, right? Certainly didn't hurt them, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think we're yeah, I think we are going to see that both Epstein and SVF will be proof that the uh, illiberal left is not against the death penalty. Well, look, the the fact of the matter is this: with Fauci, with Fauci, you and I have talked about Fauci many times on the show and, and off the show. The fact of the matter is, it's and I just said to to Karthik, it, it it amazed me when when Elon Musk put up that tweet about prosecuting him. How many people out there? Okay, it's one thing to say, okay, it's one thing to say, okay, Elon. I, I don't believe Elon was over the top at all. You know what I believe, but I think he uh, that was understated what Elon Musk said about Fauci. But it's okay. All right. If someone comes on and says, you know what, Elon, that might be a little over the top prosecuting him. Yes, I, there should be hearings. We need to know more. But it wasn't that. What you heard from the left was like this incredible denial. that They said things like Fauci saved millions of lives. What? Where, please show me the proof. Where's the proof? Where's the right. proof? That, where's the proof that, once again, their, their number of a million deaths is bullshit. We know that in this country. But where's the proof that that number would have been three million? Without Tony Fauci being in this world, Where, where's they make this shit up? They're just so incredibly stupid that they make this stuff up. Now they don't care about what he did in the '80s with AZT pushing AZT. He pushed AZT as though it was the miracle cure for AIDS, and it killed thousands and thousands of gay men. Killed them, put them in their fucking grave. Okay, so they don't, they pretend that didn't even exist. So he's not to be called on the carpet for that. That what was that? Just a, a slight mistake. It might have killed. It might have killed thirty, forty thousand gay men. It was a slight mistake. He meant the best. He meant the best. These people are insane. They're insane. The the, the gain of function that he lied about that caused the virus. So wait a minute. He did gain of function, which caused this virus to kill a million people. But then he went and saved two million more. So it was it's it's a net gain for them. Uh, these these people are just so fucking dense because they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know it. They don't want to investigate it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to consider it because they have Trump derangement syndrome. And it all comes down to Fauci was smart enough because he's a political skeed. He's a political schemer and motivator to make himself. He saw he read the what do you call it, the tea leaves. He saw the way the winds were blowing and he made himself the anti-Trump. And that made him a hero to the fucking shit libs. Well, you end and of, I, end, end of rant. End of rant. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's a well-deserved rant. Um, you and I and many others have uh, talked about the similarities between those that supported lockdowns, Fauci's lockdowns, and uh, Stockholm Syndrome. And um, and for those that don't know what Stockholm Syndrome is, is it's when uh, the captives uh, identify with their captors as a means of protecting their egos. So they identify with those who are powerful so that they don't have to, to deal with the fact that they are weak. And so, so it's not a surprise that, um, that those who are uh, identified with their captors continue to do so. I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very well known. Um, uh, who is the heiress, uh, Hearst, um, that, that um, I can't remember with this. Patricia Hearst? In his Liberation Army or something yeah, yeah, like that? Hearst. Patty Hearst, Patty Hearst. Yeah, Patty Hearst, yeah. And, and when she was held captive, it took quite a while for, for her after coming out of that to, to, to realize and admit that that's, that that's yep. what happened to her. Yep. Yep. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's clearly, it's, it's another example of Stockholm syndrome. And so, 
yeah, it's going to take people um, a long time to admit that um, they were locked into their homes and they were forced to get vaccinations and they were forced to wear masks that did nothing but promote hysteria. It's going to take a long time for these people to admit that how weak they were, how devoid of, of strength of character they were to allow this else to happen to them, their loved ones, their communities and their world. Don't 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 bet on it happening soon. Like I said, Patty Hearst, it took quite a while for for her to to realize what her captors um, actually were. And um, yeah, it's 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 going to take uh, quite a bit of time and some some will never come around. I'd rather be I'd rather be captured by those people today than live in San Francisco. I really feel like I'm in I'm living in a much worse cult than the yeah. Liberation yeah. Army. I mean, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's invasion of the body snatchers. Invasion of the body snatchers um, combined with Groundhog Day here in, in San Francisco. Oh, did you see that story? Did you see the story where he was on he, the Elon Musk went to Chase Center and he appeared on? Oh the stage? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Elon yeah. Musk here, the Chase Center is here in San Francisco. It's where the Golden State Warriors play, and so Dave Chappelle played there. Which that's a shock to me. I thought they canceled Dave Chappelle in San Francisco. I didn't think they'd be. Yeah, I, so I. <laughs> yeah it's shocking that he was allowed to play. The Ch- they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't protest him but anyway. So he played the Chase Center, and Elon Musk appeared on stage. And of course, everyone, a lot of people, the reports say a lot of people booed him. Well, I, mean, I heard the audience. I heard the audience. I heard. Did you hear the video in audio? I. I. I no. No, I, I didn't. Well, I did I mean, it, and I heard almost all cheering. Well, that's so in, I don't know where that's they in, came up with this that's booing thing. That's interesting. So you're saying you're saying you're saying the media lied about this? Is that what you're saying? People can, no, can you believe that? <laughs> no, and look how stupid no, Michael Chopley is. You look really how stupid listen, I am. You should listen to the audio. Well, look how stupid I am for taking the word of the of the Chronicle. How dumb am I? Well, I should get a, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself a, wait. There's, oh, that, there's no thumbs down. There's only thumbs up. I gotta yeah, give myself yeah. a thumbs down. So you're saying. The, I'll listen to the audio in a second. So you're saying the audio you heard mostly cheers. Yeah, for for, for Elon Musk, not for yep, Dave yep. Chappelle. For Elon Musk. Okay, all right. Well, that would be great and surprising because it did not surprise me that there'd be booze in San Francisco. And, and someone someone mentioned, it's funny. I, I've been reading a lot about it on Twitter, and no one seems to have said. I haven't read anyone that said that they listened to the audio and there were cheers, and the reporters are lying. Most people are just commenting on the booing saying that a lot of people probably were, were former Twitter employees, which is pretty funny. It sounded like, it sounded like the like booze in the cheers. But by the way, there's an echo going on here. I'm hearing my own voice for some reason tonight. Really? That's odd. You shouldn't yeah. hear your own voice. Yeah. You're it stopped. No, no, there it's back again. I don't know. It could be in your head. It could be voices in your head, Daniel. You know, nah, you know. nah, 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 nah. One, one day... I don't identify day, with those chapters. One um, day, Daniel's going to tell his story about doing pot. <laughs> and when Daniel tells his story about doing pot, you will understand why I said there were voices. <laughs> in his head. So one day, one day, one, you know, maybe one day we'll just do a fun, once all this, this could, it could be 100 years from now, once all this stuff has died down a little bit and we have a, a lull, if that ever will happen again, we can do a story, we can do a whole podcast about people, their, their experiences doing cannabis. Positive and negative, or, or just maybe, doing stupid stuff as a youth. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe their experience is doing acid, positive <laughs> and negative. Because right. by the way, uh, as I digress a little bit here, I have never done any of this stuff. I have yeah. never, and this is not in a Bill Clinton way. I didn't, I didn't inhale. I never even. I I I I think I've only held 
I think I've only held a, a joint in my fingers once. And it was simply, I was in a group of people and they were passing it around and everyone was taking a hit and they gave it to me and I passed it to the next person. What a square guy I am, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Who good, passes good, it to the next person you. and says, good and I was like 20 years old. I was like 20 years old. Well, and I pass it to the next person? Who yeah, does well, that? That shows where your strength of character comes from. from I don't know. I, I think right. I might be a little more laid back if I did that. I, I don't. I don't know. You, you you don't give in to peer pressure easily. Um, no, obviously, I, but there wasn't that much pressure. But I mean, you know, it's like yes, I don't. I don't give in to peer. In fact, I have in my life, I do the opposite of peer pressure. I, I like rebel. You know, so it's a it's a thing. I, I do the opposite, but. But uh, yeah, so that might be a fun show one day because your your story is is hilarious. I think, and just just I'll do a little preview. It has to do with the the Seven Eleven sign. If you yeah. look at, if you look at a Seven Eleven sign, and you you can't read it properly, it might be because I, you're, to, I would read the seven, which is just a numeral, and then I'd have to start all over again. It was so high. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I gotta say, that makes me not want to do it. It was a very eye-opening experience that I didn't want to repeat again. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so 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 um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I have to I have to hope. Um, it's kind of a wild hope, but but I'm, I'm, I have to hope that uh, what Elon was doing with his um, pronoun tweet um, was that he was kind of setting up the uh, illiberals for um, a smackdown that to come. He's, he's, he's basically oh, there's, there's uh, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Giving them something to complain about, raise their head above the parapet, and then a couple of days later, takes off the top of their heads. Well, but once again, they—I'd say they're too dumb to realize what I realized, which is that he must have seen a dump. He must have seen a dump of evidence, and that's why he did that. But they don't care because they're going to think it's a non. Daniel, they'll say it's a non-story anyway. We know that. Yeah, they'll they're say not coming, yeah. they're not coming close to covering any of it. You, you know, you know what their angle is. The angle of the left is simply. That Twitter is a private company. Of course, they say that now. They, they'll go back and forth to actually caring about that and thinking it's a big deal. But when, when the former people owned it, see, now that Elon Musk owns it, he doesn't have the right to run it as a private company. But the former people had the right to run it as a private company. And if they had the political ideology, if they hated Trump and Trump was bad, they had every right to collude with the CIA, the FBI, Biden to take him down. This is what they truly believe. Once again, if it were Mike Cachopoli owning or Elon Musk, owning Twitter and doing everything he could in collusion with the Trump campaign or Trump administration to take Biden down. Oh my God. It would, he would be, he'd be, he, he'd probably be behind bars as we speak. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, so, so I'm, I'm going to end it there because I've got an early morning and um, yeah, you're starting to work again. You're starting to work again. That's very bland and boring, but I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for letting me on this evening. Okay. Good night. Yes. <laughs> Have a good one. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so that's basically it. Once again, it's not a big deal because their side benefited. And they don't even have the they don't even have the humanity to simply say that. Simply say it. Our side benefited. And we think Trump is such a satanic individual that this was important to do you, you know normally we wouldn't be for this in general we're not for this kind of a thing but trump was such a uniquely satanic individual that this just had to be done this one time of course 
that has to do with Trump being taken down off Twitter. But what the hell? I guess that has to do with. See, that's the thing about Trump derangement syndrome. It covers everything. It just doesn't cover that one thing of Trump not being on Twitter. This would be bad enough if this was only about that. But it's also about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Biden in Ukraine and the money and the laptop, because that all would have hurt Biden and helped Trump. It extends to COVID, right? Because some reason Trump loved COVID. And so it had to extend to COVID. These people are just everything twists to Trump. Everything. It's all about him. It all comes down to him. It all comes down to him. As I have said a million and one times, I'm going to say it a million and two times. If Trump had come out from day one and said, we must lock down for as long as it takes, like China, they'd say, what a fascist. No way. I'm opening my store. I'm not doing what Trump says. If Trump had said, wear those masks, they would have said, what a lunatic. What a Neanderthal. What is this, 1918 medicine? Oh, my God. What a backwards Neanderthal monkey this guy is. I'm not wearing masks. They don't do anything. A cloth mask isn't going to stop a germ from getting into my system. I'm not going to do this. Oh, if Trump had said, you must get a vaccine to work. Oh, the biggest fascist dictator. What a dictator this guy is. We're not doing that. We're going to march on Washington like the Women's March. We know this all would have happened. That probably was Trump's biggest mistake. He should have come out. He should have understood how human, how human psychology works and done the reverse psychology thing and come out and said all of that, and we wouldn't still be in the shit we're in now with people going into the year 2023 still pushing masks, with people saying we need to do what China's doing. We wouldn't have to deal with any of that stuff had Trump just been on the other side of it. But he wasn't. So here we are with Trump derangement syndrome, even the vaccines, right? Trump just developing, just being in the White House, okay? Trump wasn't in a lab developing the vaccine. He was just in the White House while it was happening. Just him being, this is how insane these people are. Just this guy being in the White House while this was being developed, they said, oh, we're not going to take that vaccine. And then Trump lost and Biden took over. Oh, we'll take the vaccine now. The sickness goes so deep. I was just watching Tucker Carlson, and he was talking to a transgender person, and the transgender person was talking about what I was talking about, about the the uh, the the psychological manual, the DSM, and how transgender stuff was always seen as a mental disorder until recently, and of course because of political pressure it was taken out. And he was talking about that, and I have said many times on this show, I I like the trade off. Take all the transgender stuff out, even though a lot of it should still probably should be in there. Take it all out. And put Trump derangement syndrome in. It's a good fair trade. I'll take it. Trump derangement syndrome needs to be in the in the manual of psychological disorders. It is. It, it, it it's 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 deeply affecting. It deeply affects people's day to day lives. Just like any kind of mental disorder, it deeply affects people's day to day lives. And when when something affects your day to day life, it becomes a problem. It becomes a disorder. Put it in there. Oh, how's everything in uh, Great Britain? As corrupt as it is in your place, mate. Good morning. What's that? Say again. As corrupt as it is in your place. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's wonderful. Move here. You'll love it here, Mike. You know, I I don't know. You know what? Whenever I've gone to London, I've been there twice. I've been there twice. And whenever I go to London, because I'm from New York, I think it's Manhattan. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. It It doesn't have any kind of special... You know, when I go to when I go to like Barcelona, when I go to Paris, it feels so different. It feels like a different world, different culture. But when I go to London, you know, it's like I could be in Chelsea, London. I could be in Chelsea, Manhattan. Same thing. Anyway, I digress. What's up, Gator? Yeah. Well, again, more more good stuff coming out. But um, 
one of the things that I think is worth doing is to try to look at the other storylines that are kind of progressing and how they all integrate. Because I don't know if you follow this, but uh, do, you, do you pay much attention to the, Sam, the, the FTX Sam Bankman Freed thing? I've been paying, you know, I've, I've been looked, I've been, I've been really overwhelmed by Twitter, as you can understand. I've been overwhelmed by these Twitter dumps, but, but I, I, but of course, I followed, I followed it. I have, yes, in general. Well, not, not, not two, two things. Not two. Two, two things to watch here, right? There's a guy called Coffeezilla who is, um, who has been unearthing scams, particularly in the crypto space, for quite a long time. He's got a whole YouTube channel. He's been trying to interview Sam Bankman-Fried, and he's he's managed to do it through number, numerous Twitter spaces. Now, what he's managed to do is he's managed to actually get Sam Bankman-Fried on tape admitting to fraud. Literally, I've listened to it, <clears throat> and I understand enough about what's going on. Now, what what um, what's now happened is apparently Sam Bankman-Fried has now been arrested in the Bahamas, um, and he's being charged with wires and security fraud and money laundering. Right yeah. now. That means that he's the pathway between um, the DNC, Ukraine, and the place he took, all the people he took the money from, right? So that's a good thing to, for him to have um, been picked up. But also, the simple fact that he's on tape over and over since, since the collapse, essentially trying to talk his way out of things um, and digging himself a deeper hole is a good thing. So, but the but the why why I say that you have to look at the integration is because where what are we looking at we're looking at a plat you know the evidence now in Twitter that that a private platform right has is under the control of just a minimum number of people the, the story is only a few bad apples in Twitter right yeah but it's that that's not true because if you look at those Slack reports you're looking at three hundred plus employees bitching and moaning in a meeting with. Um, Mm-hmm. With Roth and those people crying about, oh, let's get let's get this one guy off the platform, right? I mean, that's just ridiculous, and that shows you the actual this argument that um, if it's a private platform, they should be able to do what they want, and if you don't like those rules, go play somewhere else. That shows you that that argument is false because once the internals show that there is clearly bad governance of that one organization then the losing side starts to try to ameliorate it by saying, oh, it's only a few bad people. You know, it's not, it's not the hot, it's not a big, it's not a bigger problem, right? Well, it is a bigger problem. And also Twitter is used not only just for the suppression of the Trump, the Trump thing, but obviously COVID. And now we're seeing the return of, you know, COVID voices, Bhattacharya's let loose, <clears throat> all of the people yes. that I've followed or worked with, now getting back onto the platform and saying stuff that they need to say and um that that kind of is a bit of a tsunami for <clears throat> even though the platform isn't isn't that big it's still a bit of a tsunami for um these messages and a load of people to go on there and say look here's the proof that covid was shit here's the proof that the vaccines were shit here's the proof that we were saying we were right all along right so the in a way what twitter what what twitter needs to keep accelerating is just the ability for all these voices to come on and then you need to compare what the mainstream reporting spin is on this because in the guardian in britain they are not reporting any of this at all literally none of this is in the in, is in that newspaper i think the daily mail is the only one that i've seen that is actually reporting any of this and the simple fact that it's being suppressed tells you that it's true. 
right? I mean, that is one of the key hallmarks of propaganda is what's not reported. And then right. you've got omission, you've got other omission, stuff going omission. on. You omit, yeah, exactly, you exactly. Yeah. You've got other stuff going on um, with, like, for example, do you remember when Russiagate was supported by a letter from 51 different intelligence contra- intelligence heads? Yeah. Yes. Well, they weren't, they weren't heads, they were just voices, right? Yeah, of course. And that, sta- that statement basically said, Russiagate's probably real, according to these 51 people. Well, okay. those 51 people are now being questioned and said uh, to, to say, why did you ever say this? Mm-hmm. So that's another bit of movement that will hopefully mm-hmm. lead to something to lead to something good because um, because they're now having obviously their um, their lies called out. So, but all of this works together because this is all these are all different facets of the same agenda really, which is about totalitarian governmental control over the narrative. Where if you trace money in any of this stuff, <clears throat> it all ends up in the same place basically. Well, and I think yes, totalitarian control, absolutely. But the 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 issue basically is also that this all runs incredibly, incredibly deep. It is, and it gets deeper and deeper as we get. That's why these Twitter files are so important. Because yes, we all knew this was happening, right? We knew it, but we didn't know really the total extent of. Of, of how of what was happening and the connections with the CIA and the FBI and all these people who are working at Twitter who are former FBI people, right? Like, you know, yeah. and people like Yoel Roth. We didn't know their backgrounds. We didn't know their names. We didn't know anything <clears throat> about them. Now we're yeah. learning all the stuff that makes perfect sense. And Dorsey can say all he wants about not knowing this. Why did he, why did he, he's the one who hired these people. Why did yeah. he hire these people with these particular backgrounds? I don't think, and he'll say something to the effect of, if I, uh, I could play Jack Dorsey for a second, he'll say something like, well, I was doing like, these are, these, were, these are going to be security people, and they came from a security background, I wanted to get the best, and the best are in the FBI and the CIA. I, what I'd say to that is, no, that's not the job of, of, of Twitter. That's not, those aren't the people that should be hired to run a social media platform. They're not. If that was if that was his basic idea of how to run Twitter, it's no surprise this happened there, because you put these worms in there, you put these snakes in there. What do you expect to happen eventually, right? Yeah. The fact of the matter, and I think I think Elon Musk and someone else brought this up. If you're going to have people deciding, is this tweet a, is this tweet a violent tweet? Is this person a violent person? Are they a terrorist? Are they trying to incite violence? What you really need is like a panel of real people. Not pe- people like me, people like you, not people with FBI and CIA background, but also you need a good, you need a, 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 a maybe a third people who are registered Democrats, a third people who are registered Republicans, a third people who are registered no party or independents. And they and those people can decide on this kind of thing if you're going to go in that direction. You cannot have a situation where you have people that 99% of them are, are tried and true Democrats. Deciding whether a Republican president remains on Twitter or not, because you could see, as Barry Weiss says in in number nine of this dump today, after January 6th, Twitter employees organized to demand their employer ban Trump. There's a lot of employee advocacy. Now, it, it says employee advocacy. That's the way the Twitter employee put it. But it could simply just simply say there is a lot of. Advocacy coming from people who are basically activists. There's a lot of political advocacy happening here. There's a lot of political activism happening here. These people didn't like Trump. And if you look at Barry Weiss's dump, they were looking for reasons 
to ban him from day one. They were looking for reasons to ban him from day one, so much that they came up with this arbitrary five-strike thing. And they said, oh, Trump is at strike three now. And they were just waiting. They were waiting for strike four and five to the fact where they twisted his words so it would align to their thinking process, their thought process. Because these people never should have been there doing this job to begin with. See, my feeling is you don't need this. You don't need a security council. You don't need it. Let the people, let democracy decide. Let the users decide. Don't have people working there making these decisions. Yeah. Um, another <clears throat> aspect of this as well, though, is this um, parallel between how can you how can you be this offended as a platform against Trump and then ban him and then shut these other people down for various reasons, and yet Twitter is basically harbors porn. Okay, adult porn, whatever, yeah. to some extent. But but worse than that, they've had child porn on the platform for up to 10 years, and they've refused to take it down, right? Mm-hmm. Have you been, heard that aspect? Yes. Yes, not only so, that, but there's also just, I, I love porn. I think porn is fine. It's legal. It should be. There's also, there's also tons of, not child porn. There's also tons of regular porn, adult porn, regular porn on Twitter. People don't even realize that. It, there are porn stars who could who link to their Twitter accounts and you go on there and as long as you click that little thing that says you're an adult you can see all of their porn videos on Twitter or previews of it on Twitter i mean this is this is a common thing this is allowed there's no problem there's no one on Twitter saying well maybe we shouldn't have porn on Twitter maybe it's not the proper place there are other places like Pornhub where people can go and easily access these these videos but they allowed it so they basically just as Daniel was reading from Barry Weiss's thread they allowed actual terrorists Leaders of other countries, dictators, to post the most horrible things, inciting violence and the most ridiculously, you know, obviously terror terror related tweets to a, they allowed those tweets to go on. They allowed those people to stay on no matter what they said. They allowed porn to be all over their site. But, oh, my God, Donald Trump said he's not going to be at the inauguration. Ban him. I mean, you know, I, there's no excuse for this. I don't care what the left tries to say. There's no excuse for this. It was obviously yeah. a vendetta against Donald Trump. But there's, I mean, there's just just in de- in the last few days, there's a, there's a magazine cover from a magazine I've never heard of called Matt, right? And um, but basically, <clears throat> it's an image of like a trans guy, sort of on his sat 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 with his knees bent, naked, with a child, a baby naked on his lap, right? The picture basically to me looks like looks basically it could easily qualify as obscene and <clears throat> what it implies as well is, is potent- the obscene implications. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just being floated a- 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 on Twitter now. Right. Even though, um, and there's, a- there's some other images on it um, that people have sort of started flagging and saying, how the hell can this be allowed? Right. And, you know, I'm just amazed that this that this that this is. Um, I mean, I don't didn't use Twitter enough to see this stuff, right? Until until um, it, this has started floating up and I started paying attention to it. And how how people can actually sit there and actually defend this is 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 beyond me, right? <clears throat> and I just I, I I think it's way deeper than than kind of like the Trump delusion thing, because. It's not, I mean, it's not about Trump. It's about, um, I think Daniel's a little bit right there with like, he's mentioned the Stockholm Syndrome. It's about people entering into a very large echo chamber 
and then basically building up the walls around that echo chamber so that they can preserve it and keep it what they as as they want it. And then obviously, if you if if somebody was to do an audit um, of 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 people, and there have been sort of indications of this, what are the political bent? Uh, what is the political bent of the average employee at Twitter or whatever? Yeah, what are we finding out? They're all well, they're not all, but there's a, a predominance of certain attitudes. And um, uh, what's it called? Uh, preferences or, or ideologies? Uh, ideology, yeah, yeah, ideologies. Yeah, yeah. as you say, and, and this is becoming dominant, right? But mm. where, where another 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 interesting thing to look at is the other day I tried to go onto YouTube and just have a look at what exactly is going on inside the metaverse. You know, Mark 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 Zuckerberg's three D bullshit Second Life copy, right? <laughs> well, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's it's insane. There's, there's, there's people who've made a few YouTube videos of the content of it, and, and, and it looks like it's just completely brain-scrabblingly, pointlessly insane. People wandering around in various virtual environments with loads of half-dismembered uh, half avatars running around doing pointless stuff. But the, but the people that I was watching were saying, well, yeah, look, this, this girl says she's 10 years old, this girl says she's 4 years old, or whatever talking to children's voices saying who are you what do you, what are you doing here and the kids have got avatars that are like hypersexualized bizarre anime avatars and you're just thinking this isn't a good idea right i can tell you straight off the bat this isn't a good idea and mark zuckerberg is basically the the complete proponent of this i'm just looking at it thinking what kind of what kind of prison is a private company arbitrarily trying to create for its users what is the point of life if you're going to go into a machine, strap some goggles on, and, and, and it costs $1,500 at least, right? Yes. And then go and mince about for no reason whatsoever. I don't, you know, um, I, go ahead. I, I don't get that whole thing, Gator. Yeah, exactly right. Now, all these things, but all these things come together. Twitter is this big echo chamber. Meta, Metaverse is trying to trap you in, in, in a completely pointless existence. Right, and charge you money for it when you're not when all the time you're spending it, it means that you're not working, right? So how the fuck are you gonna afford that? And then what do you get exposed to when you get into these platforms? Well you you're exposed to nonsense arguments, nonsense um perspectives, highly partisan stuff, or you're fist bumping with avatars of ten year old kids. It's like what what this is just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you know, I defy anyone to try to explain rationally why any of this is good. I, I just don't think anybody can give me a business case of why I should spend my life involved in any of this stuff, right? I, you're not going to get it from, I mean, I, I keep on seeing commercials for this virtual reality stuff, you know, the goggles and living in this. I do understand it in this respect. If I could put on those goggles and live in a, in a in a city without all these crazy liberals, I'd put them on. You know, it's like it would be it would be a great break for me to live maybe like in rural Alabama for a while and just enjoy it. But so it's you know what I think it's kind of uh, it's kind of an escape for people, and I, I think the world we're living in, people want a lot of escape. I can understand that, but to me, I don't get. It's very expensive. And the times I've actually done it, like I've, I've gone to Las Vegas and they have these stores where you could do it. You know, you could pretend you're fighting dragons and all that nonsense. It, it was it was never it, – it's not realistic enough for me to spend that kind of money. It's not realistic enough. You know, it's like – and it, it also prevents people 
from actually doing real things. Like there's, there's virtual reality now where you could have like an orgy, right? They have like sex tapes. Mm-hmm. Where you can do, <laughs> and it's like you're surrounded by, so, a, a, you know, a nerd who's never going to get any girls can be surrounded by women and be a stud for a half hour for $800, whatever it is. But the whole idea is the idea is like to really go out into the real world and do real things. And I think it's getting to the point now where people are just, <clears throat> look, and this has been exacerbated with COVID, right? With people just staying inside and doing everything by Zoom and how, of course, that was supposed to be temporary, 15 days, right? And now people are still doing it. And there's no reason to do it other than the fact that they've gotten to this lazy habit now, right? This pattern of being able to do everything sitting at their kitchen table or in their den. I think it's incredibly dangerous. I think it's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the most ridiculous things I saw about Metaverse was the idea of holding a meeting in Metaverse. And it was saying something like, if you're invited to a meeting in Metaverse, here's what you do. And I looked at the screenshots. And so I was thinking, right, so I'm a remote worker. Mm-hmm. I've got video connection. I've got Skype. I've got WhatsApp. I've got voice, whatever. And when I use that, I'll see the people I'm actually meant to be meeting with in real time. And I'll talk to them. Or we can then create another false space inside a badly, badly, uh, a system with bad graphics where badly rep- bad representations of those same people are then put into this other virtual space and I have to go in there with a pair of goggles strapped to my face and then try and have a business meeting. I'm thinking, right, how clever do you have to be to work out that if Zoom calling businesses, right, is already a bad way of doing business for a lot of people yep. because, it, because you miss a lot of human cues anyway from, from a video stream. Mm-hmm. How does how does making that even more abstract in the metaverse make anything better? And I was thinking, okay, for anybody to think that this is a good idea and want to do it this way is already an indication, given, given that there's already technology that basically does this and yeah. it does it in real time with real video. So it's actually the people that you want to meet. I'm just thinking, this is, this is just insane. To believe that this is a good thing is insane. And for, fortunately, Meta's, Meta's share price is down from a peak of about 400 down to something like 250, right? Which is yeah. good. I want that to keep going down, right? But w- off the back of this, people, people like you who are triggered by it and also you're aware of these issues, shouldn't make the mistake of over-focusing on one aspect of this because whatever your, however big your audience is or becomes, the bigger thing, the bigger win for you is to try to keep bringing relate, the related issues together and keep integrating them, right? So people see how this shit works all together, right? right. right. Because, because there's so many issues here. We need to not let any, not drop any one of these balls. And, um, and what's, what's, what's happening in the media stream now? is that each one of these spiky things is like a distractor from the others. Like the Ukraine war is a distractor from the bigger financial collapse, and it's actually a means for that financial collapse. Mm-hmm. Twitter's being suppressed. Eventually it won't. It eventually it'll get a bit too big to heart to ignore, but then it'll get spun. And that, why? Because that will distract from what's going on with SBF, right? And, and, that, and, and so on and so forth. And these, these, these stories need to be kept that, that if, if, if we had a free press, they would all be frontline head, headlines, right? Front page headlines constantly day after day, but they're not, they're all either not there or they are subsumed to like page 10. Right. That's, that's wrong. We've got to, we've got to fight that because, because if you want the normies 
to um, to sort of effectively join in awareness. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people, what I, what I've come to realise is, a lot of people are disappointingly ignorant because they literally depend upon papers like the Guardian, who are lying constantly, constantly. Uh, for their main primary feed, and they because yeah. they can't be bothered to go and look at the alt media, they don't know about it. And and I'm amazed how ignorant people are, but it's because the propaganda machine is so good. So I would encourage you to constantly sort of try to say, how does this relate to that, and just give people tip-offs for the next thing. Well, speaking of the next thing, maybe you, I'll keep you on for a second, because I want... Elon Musk just, you know, Elon Musk is tweeting, right? He's tweeting. We're at midnight Pacific time. He, he's yeah. here in San Francisco. He's tweeting. He should be listening and calling into my show instead of tweeting, don't you think? Anyway, he writes, the ratio of digital to biological compute is growing exponentially. Do you know what that means? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I think, I think it means that um, this concept of compute is people waking up and making sense of stuff. Okay, and it's move. It's moving a bit. I think what he means is that it's spreading from just people reading what they read on a computer system, like like Twitter. And once you start, uh, um, so 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 it's a low level of compute because they're not seeing what they need to see. And now, as you start to open the floodgates on the computing platform, i.e., Twitter, pe- the penny is starting to drop in people's heads, and that will start to increase and accelerate and speed up. Another thing that he said was he was directly asked recently, like yesterday or today, um, are you, what, is your attitude towards Fauci driven by your personal vaccination experience? <clears throat> and he said, yeah, my first experience was okay. It seemed to be fine. The second shot absolutely yeah, laid me out. Really it was way, out. way worse right. than when right. I had COVID. Right. right. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He just sort of the branch Covidians are upset. There's no doubt about that. And the fact is, yes, I've, I've heard. Well, first of all, I know people who've gotten all of them. And I know people who like, you know, it's all, they're all different experiences. Some people like the first two got them, then they got more and more boosters. I know people got the latest booster. They had no problems with it, you know, but but once again, this is all short term stuff. Whether you had a fever or chills for 24 to 48 hours, which you can even after the, the flu shot is nothing. We don't know what the long term. We, we we know some of the consequences now that are worse than you know having the, the chills for forty eight hours and then getting over it. We, we we see heart problems, right? We see young people dropping dead. We see very uh, you know we see the excess mortality going up. We see young people with myocarditis, which is a very 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 proven side effect of this vaccine, especially in the younger generations. So we see all this, but we don't know what the long term effects will be, right? We don't know. People who think that they're fine now and have no problems now, we don't know what they're going to be experiencing five years or a decade from now. And that's the whole issue. Mm-hmm. But these, you know, once again, going to Big Pharma, remember, they wanted to wait 75 years to release all this <clears> data. <throat> so if you have nothing to, first of all, you have nothing. If your product is safe, why would you be afraid of lawsuits? Because you believe that if your product is safe and effective, there aren't going to be any lawsuits, right? So, and if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're, and if your if your product is safe and effective, why do you want to wait seventy five years till everyone who's taking it now is dead <laughs> to release the data? I mean, come on, are these red flags for people with brain? If you have a brain and you can process thought, aren't these red flags? Well, I mean, look, this is the, this is the sad thing. I knew a lot of people who I expected a lot higher standards of, including people who I was close to, and. 
I was gobsmacked when I started interacting with them and showing them stuff, right? And even before, I mean, the problem is that you've got this mental problem where it's um, about sunk cost. So when you do something and then somebody comes along later and says, <clears throat> you know what, you did the wrong thing, two things happen. They reject the evidence that it's wrong, right? Or um, you made a mistake because, because their, their credibility is on the line and they have to deal with the regret and all those other things. So it's better to ignore it. Or they have kind of a vested interest in what they just did. So, um, you know, vaccinators in the UK, believe it or not, every time a GP injected somebody with um, an adult, they were paid £12.50. If they injected a child, they were paid an extra £10. There was doctors who were going on Twitter saying, we've managed to inject 40,000 people in our local community. Isn't that great? Come and get your second booster. Well, well if you do 40,000 times £12.50, yeah. You're getting something approaching a quarter of a million quid, right? Um, off the top of my head. And um, I know somebody who is a physiotherapist who um, jumped from the NHS a long time ago and went into private. So he, he, he actually, his actions actually accelerate the privatization of the service that he says we should all be having, right? And then, and then he became a vaccinator. So when I eventually spoke to him and said, look, what about this? What about that? All these other things. He's completely against my position, even though I was showing him news, um, science, because he was, vet, he was up to his neck in it, right? And mm. when I kept giving him information about this, he couldn't handle it. And he, and, he, and he became, you know, really hostile because ultimately the problem is this. The, the, what it implies is that he is responsible for harm. Right. And he's also broken the, uh, the, the, the fundamental tenet of medical practice, which is informed consent, because I was saying to him, if I knew this stuff back in December 2020 about these products and I can show you all of the source material, all of the receipts and you didn't when you as a vaccinator injected these people and you didn't tell them what could be known about the risks and the benefits and you relied on partial information from just the government, which is now which was wrong and it was wrong then you have actually ruined somebody's informed consent. So you have actually committed battery against these people. Absolutely. And I believe that what happened now is, as I've always believed it should, is that as this anti-COVID wave picks up, right, and people reject more and more and more of these people who have been damaged come to the fore, then basically some people will try to bring battery assault charges against um, vaccinators. <clears throat> and I hope that that happens because I think that all these people, all these medical professionals on an individual basis should start to get taken down, right? They should be facing these charges. And one of the weird things about, about this, well, it's not weird. It's, 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 it's inherent. It's obvious. Our, our medical regulator actually released a statement about three to five months ago saying, even though we're the medical regulator, we're not the ones responsible for who, what goes into people's arms. That's between the patient and their treatment person, so the GP or the vaccinator, right? Well, that that is the that is the GP, uh, that is the MHRA trying to pass blame to the individual um, vaccinators. That's how bad this situation is, right? So, so I'm hoping that within about two years. Um, you know, law law will start to take people down like this, but it's got big ramifications and it's going to be a complete mess. Gator, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, as always. No worries, mate. Take it easy. Thanks. Okay. Um, I did want to mention quickly before I get to William, uh, Jay Bhattacharya, we know, who was censored horribly and now is finally being seen on Twitter, 
If you live life as though there are no respiratory viruses, you'll sometimes get sick and you'll live your life. And if you live your life to avoid all respiratory viruses, you'll sometimes get sick and you'll have let your life pass unlived. Great advice from a real doctor. Um, the journalist Grant Wall, who died in Qatar. This is how crazy, this is how cog the cognitive dissonance works. So another young guy, 48 years old, everyone said in great shape, dies of a heart attack as a, as a massive coronary event in the middle of covering the, 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 the tournament and dies. And people believe, especially the branch Covidians, they believe that the theory that he was poisoned. Oh, by the way, they say he was poisoned by the Qatar government because he has wearing his brother is gay and he was wearing a pride shirt and they told him to take it off uh, at some point and there was some kind of an event there. He took it off. And so anyway, they're, they're saying that the Qatari government poisoned him because he was wearing a rainbow pride shirt. So, but the, the fact of the matter is they think that's less of a conspiracy theory than the fact that he, that he died of the, of the vaccine, that the vaccine is killing him and a lot of young people, a lot of young, healthy people, the adverse side effects of a medical procedure of this vaccine in which there were proven adverse side effects and heart conditions are proven. It's a proven side effect. Heart issues, especially in younger people, is a proven side effect of this vaccine. But that's the amazing thing. That's the odd thought process that they want an investigation, not into the not into big pharma, not into big pharma. By the way, someone else just died. Another guy just died. Another young person covering. So it's two journalists, two young, otherwise healthy journalists have now died covering the tournament. And there's no, they don't want an investigation to Big Pharma. They're not pushing for an investigation into, into Big Pharma. They're pushing for an investigation into the Qatari government. So the fact that this government poisoned him and wanted to kill him because he was caught wearing a, a rainbow flag T-shirt, a pride T-shirt, is not a conspiracy theory. But the fact that these vaccines may have killed him is a total horrible, ridiculous, tinfoil hat conspiracy. This is how... This is really how the mind has been warped. The public mind has been warped, partly due to the censorship that we saw on Twitter and, of course, the information and the evidence that's about to come with Fauci and censoring any kind of dissent. And once again, getting into the American, the, the, the psyche, the human psyche and controlling it, mind control, groupthink, cult-like stuff that they, will, they, they, they perpetrate, that people like Fauci perpetrated on the rest of us over the last three years. Just an interesting aside. It really is, I find that incredible. Incredible. Okay, William, Bill, what's up? Hey, Mike. Okay. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. You're oh, on. I'm just, you hear me. Okay. Yeah. Well, a couple of things I want to cover if you give me a little time. One. Go ahead. I really like to think we're going to see something in the future regarding holding everybody accountable with the uh, Fauci uh, mafia, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> That's good. The Fauci mafia, yeah. I like that, works for him. Yeah, yeah it does. The, the, the problem is we have two-thirds of Congress who are invested in big pharma and, uh, and for that matter, big tech. Without a doubt. I mean, Without so, a doubt. Money seems to talk here, and yeah. uh, that's unfortunate. So, I, I mean, we see a lot of committees. We've seen this over and over again, and 
Well, even look at the the way big pharma price gouging regarding all kinds of drugs. I mean, the, the, I don't know what to say, man, other than I'd like to see hope and change, but I I highly doubt. Well, Trump, let's see, Alex Azar, he was Eli Lilly, remember? Uh, his Trump's Health and Human Services uh, Secretary. I mean, yeah. then we got, if you were... <laughs> Should we go into Steve Mnuchin, the foreclosure king? I mean, holy shit. You know, and Kamala Harris wouldn't go after him. And you want to stop sex trafficking in this country and around the world? Let's start with the Catholic Church and the Mormon Church, please. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're all culpable. All of them. And they all got deep pockets and buy out Congress on on the state and federal level. Yeah, I mean, you you have – and they're they're so dis – it, what's amazing is the hypocrisy runs so deep that they'll put out tweets like like Hakeem Jeffries, the new leader of the House there, the Democratic side, will say, "What do he say today?" He says something like, "We're we're, we're going to we're going to go after the we're going to go after the corporate thieves, not the real people." Something like that. Something in effect of we we are going to support the actual people and go after these corporate thieves. The same mm. party who sucked up to Big Pharma over the last three years, the same exactly. party who sucked up to Big Pharma. And all the lives they've destroyed, all the lives Fauci and Big Pharma has destroyed, they have the, he has the nerve to come on Twitter and say, oh, this platitude about how we're going to go after corporate thieves and, and the big wigs and, and we're going to support we the people. I mean, these people have no shame. Didn't someone say that back in the day? Have you no shame, sir? I mean, these people have no shame. They, they're well, shameless. They, they talk out of both sides of their ass, on their mm-hmm. mouth, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pathetic. But um, the other thing is, if they wanted to really help people and seniors, you know, they could have told them about vitamin D3, zinc, zinc ionophores, selenium, magnesium, N-acetylcysteine. I don't know, anything that they know has worked and is on the NIH Open Access Medical Journal for the longest time. I mean, what the freak? But the the big pharma can't make money off all those things because they can't patent them. You of course them? not. Of course not. You know? Yeah, and anything they couldn't make money off of, they tried Fauci and his friends, his mafia friends, as you put it so well, the Fauci mafia, totally squashed. Anything you yeah. could take that would help you, right, get past the respiratory yeah. virus, they said no, that they automatically labeled it as conspiracy theory, poison, uh-huh. you know, crazy Trump, you know, uh, you know, Trump, po- you know, hydro- hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, hydroxy. yeah, yeah, right. All that stuff, remdesivir, whatever it may have been at the time, they said no, no, because they couldn't make any money off that stuff or very little money compared to what they can make and what they have made off this vaccine, Right. And well, sure, that's one thing that we therapeutic gotta... they're taking, which makes them sicker. How stupid. Ridiculous. People well, I mean, what's bizarre is, let's take a little, little correction here. Just, I need to say, um, ivermectin is the safest drug ever produced. Ever, ever, ever. Safer than yeah. aspirin, if you look at the toxicity profile, right? Right. And right. then, right, and it's on the World Health Organization list of essential medicines, right? Hydroxychloroquine's been used for decades to, to prevent malaria prophylactically. You know, I mean, that the idea that a vaccine that's untested, that we have no idea what the hell it's going to do for generation, could be safer profile than those two things is absolutely absurd. Do you follow well, me? And, and we and- know they work. Yeah, and the term, the t- I'm sorry, Bill, to interfere, but the term, once again, to talk about how Fauci and the Fauci mafia and the Fauci mob shaped the narrative, the term yeah. horse dewormer came directly from him. 
It came directly oh, from them. They put that they put that out there into the media stratosphere. So their media suck ups would put that out there, right? And remember how mm-hmm. they went after Joe Rogan? Remember they went after Joe Rogan? Was saying, yeah, yeah. Right, of course, of course. And they put it out there as horse to wormer when as you say, that's of course a total lie. That was just to make it that was just to make it look like uh, the the nut the nutty the nutty people who were COVID deniers were taking a horse to wormer to avoid COVID. You know, it's just the whole thing. Once again, all of this is going to be uncovered. I guarantee you in a lot of these Twitter Thank files. You. Yes. The Twitter oh, files. the Twitter files. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, I want to add a couple more things. To, if you, if it's okay, do you tell yeah, me yeah, when yeah. we got to go? Okay. No, go ahead. Okay. All right. Consider everybody that every drug that gets approved goes through animal trials, right? That, that includes ivermectin. So in other words, what I'm saying is, of course it works on animals. And of course it's going to be used by veterinarians. Do you see what I'm saying? Because they've got to get through that level first before they'll prove it for humans. You know, it's like, where, where's the critical thinking? It's like, holy shit. Oh, ivermectin gets used for, for horses. Well, so does aspirin. And you know, <laughs> what the, f- you know what I mean? Hey, so you got to scratch your head and some. Did the vaccines like, ever go through that basic trial? Did they? I don't think they, I don't think they did. No, I think no. They, they passed that up totally. They passed that up totally. Look at look at one of the boot. Was it booster three or four? I lose track. Where it was tested on eight mice or six mice, and that was it. I mean, it's, that's you know why that's a new protocol. That's the protocol they use for the flu vaccine. In other words, it's pretty much the same. So we just minimal testing for the next generation of it. Blah, blah. But the first generation of the frigging COVID vaccine hasn't been thrown out to mount a good safety profile either. So let's just keep adding to that. Like that's bad upon bad is good. I mean, did that ever work out? Yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes common sense, you know, whoop, 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 whoop. wise guys, you know, you got to <laughs> shake your head and wonder. Hey, Whoa, Larry. Hey, you know? Three Stooges reference. First one, I think, on my show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me say a couple more things. All right. Because I got it. Greg's in the audience. I got to say, hey, Greg, did you ever, did you he ever was, hear he Ray was, McGovern? He was there. He was there. Yeah, yeah, for the yeah. stooge. Talk about a, talk about a stooge. You know what? One time I tried to talk to this guy about Ukraine. He hung up on me. He had a call-in show. Well, let's talk about Ray McGovern, former CIA. Should we talk about Judge Napolitano, Colonel Salente, Colonel McGregor, yeah. um, Jeffrey Sachs, um, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, Columbia University, uh, Professor Marsheimer. I mean, I'm quoting people, Scott Ritter, who are anti-war, all of them. These people are not pro-war. They're all anti-war. Scott Ritter, of course, remember, former U.S. Wep- um, U.N. weapons inspector and Marine. They're all anti-war. They all do the circuits with one another. Who goes on whose show? Judge Napolitano will host all these people. Colonel Salente, Trends Journal. You know, what I'm trying to say is they're all anti-war, and they're all given a complete comprehensive narrative on how NATO expansion, NATO, NATO, little Mike. Spent all time in the Bronx going to Fort. Okay, how NATO expansion, yeah. <laughs> right, has has led to the situation we're in. And mm-hmm. Senator Biden talked about that in '97. You had uh, William Burns. Net means net. In other words, when he was ambassador to Russia, now he's head of the CIA. They knew that by pushing NATO, pushing NATO east of Germany over and over 14 states and then now they want to expand it more and more that it was going to bring a hot war that that was not unknown 
You follow me? They have all these people to talk about for decades. Well, I want to know what these people think. I I, I haven't asked these people. Maybe we will. Maybe in the future show, we'll ask Greg and others who are pro, uh, I guess, you know, giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. What do they think about this uh, trade-off with the merchant of death, whatever his name is, from from Russia and a a, a WNBA player? What's what's their feeling about that trade-off? About I'm, I'm, I'm betting you a lot of them uh, think it's okay, and yet isn't this guy there? Isn't this guy going back to Russia to kill Ukrainians now? Isn't that what he's going to do? So how do we give Ukraine billions and billions of dollars to defend themselves supposedly, and then we allow this guy who's going to kill Ukrainians to go back to Russia? By the way, a guy who many CIA agents say is one of the most dangerous terrorists ever. You know something about that, Mike. Do you ever see the movie Lords of War with uh, Nicolas Cage? Yes, I have. Yeah. That's the, pretty much based on this man's life. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Me? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And but, if you, you know, recall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, the government here does what's in their best interest, right? What they, what, what they feel is going to benefit them at the time, politically, monetarily. We know all that. Power-wise, that, that's what it comes down to. So the fact is a contradiction between giving Ukraine all this money to defend themselves and then release a guy who's going to be an architect to kill Ukrainians is, is perfectly in line with what the U.S. government is. It, it is exactly who they are. That's my point. The Lords of War points that out pretty much. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Iran-Contra, arms trading. They need these people to bring arms to places for the covert actions, You know the proxy wars, you know, and and it, it, I don't know what else to say. I'm not an expert in that, but I think the movie itself pretty much lays it out. If you recall the movie, you know what I mean. You remember the last scene, last scene where he's being interrogated by the fellow was I think the fellow was FBI who was interrogating him, if I'm not mistaken, or was he CIA? I'm trying to remember the guy that dogged him that finally caught uh, Nicholas Cage in the movie. Can't remember. It's a long time ago since I saw the flick, but. In other words, and Nicholas Cage is pretty much saying, let me tell you how this is going to go. He says, you're going to get called out into the hallway to talk to some, you know, mucky muck in the military. He's going to tell you, nice job now. I got it from here. And basically what Nicholas Cage is going to say, nothing's going to happen to me. No. You know what I'm saying? You know? Exactly. And for a very long time, it didn't. And, uh, okay, finally they captured him. Um do I think, I, of course I'm against all this. Don't, no one misinterpret me. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I'm just saying, we, we, you know, when you, when you swim with sharks, you're going to get bit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and this, this is unfortunate. What, what, what it's come down to today. We got, we got criminals and, you know, Whitney Webb does, Webb does a great job of this. She's basically telling us, you go back, Decades, right? Project Underworld, which I never heard of. You know, I've MK Ultra, Mockingbird. You know, Northwoods. You know, we can reel off some of the the, the uh, CIA ops, but Underworld was basically the you know the international collaboration collaboration between the United States State Department, right, our government, and the mobs around the world who, who the organized crime. Do you follow me? Yeah. And, yeah. We had Project Gladio, which we knew about in Italy, and then it's been. Uh, we, we were talking about the Italian mafia, the Irish mafia, the Jewish mafia. You know, name one. All 
um, working together, knowingly with U.S. government officials to meet the ends of whatever agenda they have or have at the time. We're, we're run by criminals, Mike. Do you know what I'm saying? They, imp- oh, they just rebranded them. They put their names of senators and congressmen and women on them. And, 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 doctors, and, and doctors. And doctors. And doctors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. And that's, the, that's their latest. That's their, that's their game. Put a doctor in front of the name and you got to trust mm-hmm. them, right? They can't be. A, a doctor isn't a criminal like a politician. These people believe this idealistic nonsense. Oh, he's a doctor. Huh? He's not a politician. Oh, God. <laughs> It's it's a shocking. It's, you can, how do you argue with how do you argue with such naivete? How do you argue with such ignorance? It's it's different. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible to do it. You know, it's impossible to do it. So, William, let me let you go. I'm going to wrap the show up. Okay, Thanks for Mark. the call. I appreciate it. As Thank always. You. Thanks, Bill. Okay. So, what I do want to say before the show ends is I like to end on a positive note. And uh, and uh, on Twitter, by the way, Dr. McCullough, real doctors, real doctors, Dr. McCullough and Malone are now back on. People have complained about this. They're like, why is Elon Musk putting me? He's full of shit. Why? It just takes time. There are a lot of requests. There are a lot of people out there who were banned during the during the Orwellian days. And now it just takes time to go through all of them. But McCullough and Malone were both back on Twitter today. So that's good news. I, I really think. Once again, I know a lot of people out there are very cynical about Musk and so on and so forth, but this is all good stuff. You can't deny this is all good stuff. And I, the COVID dumps are going to be, ugh. The COVID dumps are going to be exciting. I think that's coming up next, I believe. In fact, Musk was asked outright. Once again, I think Musk was actually asked outright about his comment about Fauci and imprisonment. And someone asked him, is that comment because there's going to be stuff coming out about COVID cover-up and COVID collusion? And he said, yes. He hasn't uh, lied yet, right? He's been a man of his word so far. So that will probably be the upcoming week, hopefully. All right. If there are, let's see. What else? Who wants, who's called in today? Daniel called in. Gator called in. Bill called in. Uh, Karthik uh, called in. So I really want to thank everyone, everyone. Um, for listening it's really hard for me by the way i really appreciate the comments you can keep those comments coming you know the 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 comments on the bottom but it's tough for me to read them and talk at the same time i i can't walk and chew bubble against anybody i do appreciate those comments so keep those coming um but if i don't respond to them it's not because i don't care it's because i'm just more into you know talking to people it's a talk show we should talk um and that's it. That's the show. That was a good Monday show. I think it was a good Monday show. We really got to a lot of the stuff that happened over the weekend. There's a lot more. There's some other things I wanted to get to, and we'll get to that tomorrow and later on during the week. The name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. It airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. if you're like Gator over there in the, in the U.K. Uh, I'm Mike Achopoli. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you right back here. 11 p.m. Pacific, sharp, sharp.